Yes, welcome into the camp. Our spring practice preview. Badger's going to get things going tomorrow. We will get to see some practices uh, throughout the next month, but uh, we thought we'd get together and talk a little bit about what we potentially could see here in these next 15 practices and what will happen, I guess, for the Badgers the next 15 practices, since we won't see all of them. But uh, plenty to get to, uh, plenty of changes uh, for Wisconsin, and we'll get into that. Uh, I know Jesse's got some questions that uh, he he wants answered in those uh, in these 15 practices. Got also got some spring storylines to get to. I think the offense probably would be a good spot to start uh, with a new offensive coordinator with uh, Bobby Ingram, obviously, and then Bob Bostad back at the offensive line spot. They got uh, Al Johnson coming in as an offensive assistant. So a lot of changes on that side of the ball for sure. Is that kind of where you wanted to go? That's exactly where I wanted to go. The first question that I have in the the story that uh, I've got about what I want to learn is what does the offense look like? And unfortunately for listeners, I have a feeling that we're not necessarily going to have our answer by the time spring practice is over, no matter how many practices reporters have an opportunity to see simply because they're still installing things. What they do in the spring is far more bland than it will be in actual games. And everyone has to get used to each other. Having said that, something's got to be different. You didn't bring in Bobby Ingram to serve as your offensive coordinator for no reason. And obviously so far, all we have to go on is when we had the chance to talk to Bobby, I asked him what his role would be and whether he would call the plays. And at the time he said it would be a collaborative effort and that he'd be working together with Paul. The, the, the main, this is what he said. The main thing is to have a great plan where we can move the ball and score points and help us win football games. End quote. That sounds great, um, but what does that mean? So I hope we can at least get closer to finding an answer this spring. Yeah, again, I think that's probably what's just so interesting about spring is because there are so many uh, new faces, but what exactly changes? Right. right? And uh, I'm of the belief that there's not going to be a ton of noticeable changes to Wisconsin's offense. Are you... In that same mind, or do you think there, you're, there's going to be something that even the uh, the lowest uh, football educated of us, I'm not putting you in that category, I'm putting myself in that category, <laughs> can see a difference? I don't know. Um, I, I think it'll be more subtle tweaks. And it, I think Paul, I mean, Bobby has said before that he the emphasis is on having a strong running game. He believes in that he came from a place at Baltimore in the NFL where they had a strong running game. My hope would be that him coming in will help in the passing game. I don't know whether that means different packages. Um, I think it'll be more subtle tweaks though. And it has to be, there has to be something added because what we've seen the last two years certainly hasn't been good enough. I just don't know exactly what that's going to be. Well, I think it has a lot to do with, uh, the guy under center, doesn't it? Because if he's going to, if he's going to play, if he's going to play well, it opens up so much more for it. But do yep. what? What can they do to get him to play at a level that is uh, is good enough? And again, here's the thing: is like we all, I think a lot of people thought Graham Mertz was the guy that he was against Penn State and against Michigan, not against Michigan, but um, against Notre Dame. That's who he was the entire year, and, he, and that really wasn't the case. But he just didn't finish great. Uh, specifically against Minnesota. He didn't have a good game against Minnesota. And uh, 
and this isn't making excuses for him. He wasn't near, he wasn't good enough. He he has said as much as as that. He knows that. But what kind of play can they get from him to help the rest of the group and uh, to help him be a better quarterback? What can they do to uh, to help him be a better quarterback? I think that is it's it's so elementary to this. But if you can help him, it'll help the entire offense. Right. I'm glad we're on the same page here, Zach, because that's my number two question is will Mertz take the, take the next step? He's been a two-year starter. He's won 13 of his 20 starts. But I think you and I can both agree that rarely in those wins can you say that Graham was the reason Wisconsin won the game. If you, He was certainly better later on in the season. Some of those interception numbers were skewed. The, the four against Notre Dame, two that returned late for touchdowns. Um, and I think he threw, what was it, eight? eight touchdowns, four picks later on in the year. But the totality of his career is that he's a quarterback who's thrown 19 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Um, And what we saw last year, as you said, it wasn't good enough. And the most intriguing thing about this spring and what we'll see during the season is he's got to figure out how to get in rhythm with largely new playmakers. The top three targets from last season are all gone with Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson, those three players were targeted on 172 passes last season. And they were responsible for catching eight of Wisconsin's 11 touchdowns. Everybody else that's left on the roster was targeted a total of 101 times. So while there's a lot of talent at receiver and and with potential pass catchers, which is another question we'll get to, Graham's got to be better. Now, what can they do? You know, I think there were times where certainly – when he faced pressure, he, ch- he was struggled with footwork and accuracy. But even in fall camp, when we saw those practices, it, it, there were times where, I mean, you want your starting quarterback to be dominant. And I don't know that we saw that in practices. So I think that would be a good start. He's confident. It's cliche to say that he works as hard as anyone on the team. That's all true. Quarterbacks should. They have, as long as I've been covering Wisconsin. But now you've got to put it into action a little bit more. So I don't know whether that's trying to, you always say you want to get him in rhythm, but like, what does that mean? Is it shorter throws to build some confidence? I, I mean, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but there's a lot of pieces that have to fall into place more than just Graham uh, taking the next step, which he, has to do. It's who's he, who's he going to be able to throw to and who can he trust? Yeah, I, I agree. This is going to be a horrible comparison, but um <laughs> The way that the basketball team, and as you're listening to this, uh, the first weekend has already uh, come to a close in the NCAA tournament. We're recording it before, so um, if this uh, if the basketball team lost, I apologize for bringing it up. But um, you know, losing all those seniors like the basketball team did, and allowing you know some of the younger guys in to take on bigger roles like a Johnny Davis or you know, a Tyler Wall stepping up. Can the pass catching situation be in the same way? You've had, I mean, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, and Jake Ferguson were around forever, like forever. And now you're going to be having some new faces, whether it's a, a Chimray DK, who in my mind would be playing like the Tyler Wall role or the, uh, or Marcus Allen, who could potentially break out and play uh, the, not the Johnny Davis role. He's not going to be like a player of the year type of the guy, but some of that younger talent uh, step up and, give their opportunity and, and, uh, perform like some people think that they can. That's my number three question is, is okay. the, Be- the playmakers. All right. All right. Before, before we get to that though, I wanted one more thing on Graham. Yeah. 
how does he react to the pursuit of Caleb Williams? Right. How does he deal with that? And how does Wisconsin deal with that? Because it, while they were never out publicly talking about it, it was pretty clear that they were after him. Um, and so, you know, Graham had to have heard that and Graham had to have known that. And they even taught, I mean, obviously, uh, I shouldn't say that they weren't out about it. John, uh, Bobby Ingram was asked about it. So the fact that they were uh, in that race and trying to replace their starting quarterback, now, this is a big boy league. So, you know, he's, he's probably got to just take it in, uh, in stride and move on. But uh, sometimes that's easier said than done. So if Wisconsin had somehow managed to land Caleb Williams, which, as we know, was never going to happen. <laughs> there were many stories written about the possibility of it, even though it never came to fruition. Then we'd have a different conversation. Then if you're Graham, you're wondering about your future with the program and what's going to happen. That's not what happened. It, but they're, it, this but they're, is, active, they're actively trying to replace yes. you. Well, so that's, the, that's another part of my point. So, but, but you have to realize two things like, yeah, it's a blow to your ego for any player, especially the quarterback. When you've got the ball in your hands on every play and people think you're going to come in and be the savior and you're a two-year starter, it's absolutely a blow to your ego. At the same time, this is still your team. There's nobody else who's going to take your spot based on who, who's on the roster. And I think you've addressed this previously. And I mentioned this in a, in a mailbag question. It is a, it's big boy football. And Graham understands that it, it is a business at this stage and you've got to find the best players. And if he's going to be okay with Wisconsin, bringing in Ches Malusi from Clemson to be your starting running back, or UCLA transfer Keontes Lewis to help Wisconsin as a wide receiver core, then he's also at least got to understand what can happen in the era of the transfer portal at quarterback. Doesn't mean he has to like it. I certainly wouldn't like it, but you've got to pursue what could be the, the better for the team. Um, and I don't know necessarily, you know, what that would have looked like, obviously, but as Bobby Ingram said, He'd, it was already a conversation that Ingram had had with, with him and with Chase Wolf. Um, so I think that was important to get that out of the way early. Now, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to Graham yet. And whenever we will in spring practice on the day he is made available, that will probably be the first question or one of the first questions about how he reacted. And I'm sure he'll say all the right things. Internally, I wouldn't be thrilled with it, but I also would have to understand that that's how things are now. And this is still your team. And I think he would admit that what he's put on film in his first two seasons as a starter is, is probably not where he would want to be, but now he's got an opportunity to keep working at it. And I, I do think he'll continue to make progress. Um, even if fans, you know, probably roll their eyes or don't want to hear that this is his team and he's got to take the step forward. Definitely does. All right. So your question number three was, was playmakers, right? Uh, they yeah. obviously have a great one in the backfield in Braylon Allen. Uh, Chimray Dike has shown a little bit uh, of what he's capable of past that. Not a ton of proven options. Exactly. And I think we both, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'll say Marcus Allen has all that potential. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. what he for showed sure. last season in limited snaps. When he was on the field, it didn't take long to realize that this dude is different, can be different. And sure, the Rutgers game was a blowout. Didn't really matter. But when he got in, he was making plays. He, he had a couple catches from Chase Wolf. He had the, a jet sweep that was called back. That was a nice game. Did another jet sweep before he got hurt. And it just seemed like this is a guy who can be a difference maker for Wisconsin in the future. Obviously, he had a huge catch in the Las Vegas Bowl to set up the early touchdown. 
And I think with all these other guys out of the way that he's got a chance to be really big. I don't know whether it's going to be bigger numbers than Chimray because Chimray is clearly the number one, but I think that's a really good one-two combination to start out with. And it's wide receivers got as many questions as, as probably any position coming in to spring practice is Skylar bell ready to take that next step. He, he got a nice grab in the bowl game, but that's all we saw out of him. When so are the, no, ahead. that's not true. That's not true. Where, where did we, when did we see him? Saw him a couple weeks ago. We won the dunk contest. Uh, for, All right. I apologize. He's very <laughs> athletic and wanted won an off season dunk contest, which Boom. means it'll be a first team all Big Ten this year. Well, I don't I I mean the last the last dunk contest winners uh include Joe Schobert, yep. Jim Leonard. So I mean, there are there are some uh examples of players being very good at dunking and also being good at football. So there's that. Uh one hundred percent correlation. Yep. I think. Yep. I, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear. He's going to be an all, <laughs> not just an all big 10 player, but an all American. But yeah, there's just so many unknowns. Is Stefan Bracey going to be healthy? Can he make an impact at receiver? What the hell does Dean Ingram look like as a college wide receiver? I know yeah. he was an all conference player in high school, but he spent the last three years in the program as a cornerback. And part of me thinks it's a couple of things. They obviously brought three transfers in at cornerback. I know we'll get to that too, but I don't think you move Dean from cornerback unless you feel very confident about what you have defensively back there. And you think he can actually make an impact at wide receiver. So he's going to get his shot. I'm very curious to see what Keontae Lewis looks like. A guy who played a lot at UCLA, but didn't catch any passes, was only targeted twice, mostly used as a blocker. And by the way, you've got three freshmen coming in. None of them are going to be here for the spring, but given how wide open things seem to be, I think somebody will have a chance to break through, even if they're not here until fall camp. That's Tommy McIntosh, Vinny Anthony, and, and Chris Brooks Jr., who they just recently grabbed. So a lot of questions, a lot of opportunity, obviously, to borrow a, a Paul Christism. I just don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. Of all the players that you've covered, have you ever had a, a bigger player crush than Tommy McIntosh? Tommy McIntosh? Definitely, but I'd really have to think hard about it. <laughs> big, big Tom McIntosh guy. I, hey, and I get it. Dude can fly and he's 6'4", and you know, he don't necessarily see that at Wisconsin. So we'll see what he's got in, the, in fall. But you're right. The spring, uh, playmaker-wise, because it's, it's, not, it's not just wide receiver, right? Uh, pass catchers-wise, it's tight end. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. steps up there? Is it, is it Jack Eschenbach? Is it... Jalen Franklin is, I mean, because they're going to play have different guys playing different roles. Uh, you know, where's Clay Cundiff? Clay Cundiff expected to be back by spring. I, I don't know if that'll end up happening. Former tight ends coach Mickey Turner is the one that uh, said that. So I don't, we don't actually know who the tight ends coach is right now, correct? <laughs> Officially, uh, again, maybe something will have changed by the time this airs, but no. <laughs> Would love to have some more information. Been a Busy offseason with limited information provided. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's also a major question. They have significant questions among their pass catchers. And yeah. you would hope some guys step up in the spring. But I know in talking to, into, talking to Mickey, you know, during, uh, I think it was the signing period it, in December, it was, you know, guys can move up and down the depth chart with a good day. That's how tight it is. That's how packed it is. A good day can put you at the top and a bad day can put you at the bottom. That, I mean, that's just, 
And that's probably just going to be the case with that group. Cause I don't think there's anybody that could potentially just stand out and jump out and hit you in the face uh, for what you've seen from them to this point. And that's not saying that they can't, but right now you haven't seen it. So, right. The thing about it is there were so many injuries at the position last season that it set a bunch of guys back. It, yeah. it didn't have an opportunity to develop. And obviously no more Ferguson. He played 2,637 snaps offensively over the last four seasons. So you don't just find somebody and was an all-conference player. One of the, you know, will go down among the program leaders and in receptions, but there's no one on the roster that you can just stick in and replace uh, Ferguson with. So I think you're going to need multiple guys. Obviously, even if nothing's been officially determined, you'd have to imagine that Bobby Ingram is pretty good guy to, to fill in the, the tight ends uh, coaching role since he'd already done that with the Ravens. But I think Turner's right. Uh, one good day, one bad day will move you up or down the depth chart. I just, you've got Clay Cundiff and Cam Large, who both I think have really bright futures with the program, but both suffered season ending leg injuries last fall. So you don't know where they're going to be at in the spring. And you certainly don't want to rush them back. Cole Dokovich missed the entire season with a left leg injury. And then Hayden Rucci only played in six games because he had a sprained foot. Now, in December, Mickey said that he felt like Hayden would be the first one that he got back. So you expect him to be healthy, but he's largely been used as a blocker. And so I think you've got Jack Eschenbach, who's, I mean, maybe he's your number one pass catcher at tight end. Jalen Franklin had his biggest role in the bowl game, but still a guy who we haven't seen very much of. And then Jack Pugh. It's a bunch of largely unproven guys. There's only two on the in the in the room that have caught a pass in college in Eschenbach and Cundiff. So I think that's another position that's wide open. And I think it's also a situation where you are going to use all the guys you have in practice and it could be two or three guys in a game. It's, it's not, I don't think just going to be one guy like it, like it's been Ferguson for the most of the last four years. So this is Wisconsin. They use a fullback, but they don't actually have a fullback right now. <laughs> Well, they might. We're just not aware of it. Right. I I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, Marty Stray, who's played there a little bit. You got Riley Nowakowski, who made the move in the middle of last season after injuries hit. You have Kwani Sterling. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Sorry. Excuse (laughs) me. Uh, He decided to leave and go somewhere else despite a ton of potential playing time happening. Though, again, it looked like they were going to be using Cam Large as as the fullback instead of him. So maybe... he was going to get passed anyways. I think Cam Large is a guy that we could see in the backfield a bunch uh, as well when he's healthy. But fullback is important at Wisconsin, and currently they don't have a guy that just stands out. Maybe it's Jackson. Maybe Jackson Aker ends up there. Who knows? But um, that's another position that I think keep an eye on. Hey, this is going to be impossible to keep an eye on all the important positions because it feels like every position hmm. uh, you have question marks at. You know what I mean? Like outside of what center. And the uh, the right side of your offensive line. Other than that, there's major questions. Well, I guess you could throw a left tackle there too. Though I think there are probably people that are screaming now at me for saying Tyler Beach is locked in at left tackle. But um, you know, you have at center. You obviously have Joe Tipman, and then where do you put Tanner Bordellini? Is he your right guard? And then you have obviously uh, Jack Nelson at right tackle. I know we've kind of talked about that before. It feels like Jack Nelson is more of a tackle. Uh, and Tanner Bordellini, because of his versatility, can probably play pretty much anywhere on the line. Mm-hmm. But again, those are what are that what's that going to look like? And uh, you know, who's your left guard? There are there's questions 
there too. I, I think this spring, there are more questions across this team than I can remember in a really, really long time. Yeah. Do you, you think that's, is that fair? Sometimes it's hard to remember over 11 or 12 seasons what's more interesting than another offseason, but there's <laughs> not a quarterback battle, and that usually dominates the, the attention in practices. Well, there are some that believe there is a quarterback battle. And having said that, I have news for you. Uh, I, what is, <laughs> I've, got some, I've got some ice to sell without selling Eskimo. No, I, I don't know. No, no. Um, You've got you've got some cold water that you're going to be throwing on those people because uh, <laughs> there's not a there's always competition, but there's not a battle. I yeah, I, in my mind, that, in my mind, again, we could show up to that second or third practice whenever they let, you know whenever we get in, and all of a sudden Chase Wolf could be on fire, yeah. or yeah. you go on down the down the list of the of the quarterbacks, and it could be Deacon Hill looking fantastic. <laughs> but again, I, I I think everything that we know of that situation, it's Graham, and that's it. So yeah, there's no quarterback battle. But outside of that, feels and there's and they know who their starting running back is. But the, other than that, there there are just a ton of question marks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and what I was saying was, even though there isn't necessarily a quarterback battle, it, it's still probably as intriguing of a spring practice camp that, that I can remember. Um, you're right. There've been some practices and moments where Chase was sort of neck and neck with Graham, but on the whole, I think Graham's talent wins out. Uh, in terms of fullback, I, I know that the coaches already have decided who's going to be playing that, that position. I think Jackson Aker is a really quality candidate. And I know I said this before, but back in the fall when I had a chance to talk to Gary Brown and he said that his plan in the spring, um, you know, had he obviously had this opportunity uh, to continue coaching with Wisconsin was that he was going to evaluate Jackson as both a running back and a fullback. Um, now he got some action as a running back, but I think that's a good option. We haven't really had a chance to see Riley Nowakowski, but if John Chanel wasn't able to play in that bowl game, I think we would have. I feel like fullback is a position that it's much easier to sort of plug and play. How often have they used a guy who was a really talented high school player who came in as a linebacker and they, they moved him over? That's not to say it's easy. I just think Wisconsin is going to find its fullbacks. They always do. So I'm, I'm not concerned about that, even though I don't necessarily know who it is at this point. In terms of the offensive line, yeah, Bob Bostead has a lot to work with. And that's another thing I'm, I'm interested to see is Bob's obviously a fantastic offensive line coach, been doing it for three decades, coached some of the best old linemen in the history of this program. But what, what is his philosophy and how does he approach this? Um, because he's got as much talent as they've had in the last decade. And, you know, just because Joe Rudolph viewed some guys a certain way doesn't mean that Bostead's going to. I can see Jack Nelson sliding over to right tackle. Um, you know, Tanner Bordellini certainly is worth a, a starting look. But how do the young guys come along? You know, is Riley Malman going to push someone for a tackle spot? Is Tyler Beach absolutely locked into the left tackle spot or is Logan Brown ready to take that next step? And could they move someone over to guard? And you've still got Cormac Sampson and, and um, now it's my turn to have a brain fart. <laughs> um, you still got Cormac Sampson and Michael Fertney who can compete for a guard spot. So there's, there's a lot of options and yeah, I mean, we know how important the offensive line is at Wisconsin and, and the competition. I think this spring will be as good as it's been. You know, it's, it's funny. We talk about the offense and all these, we've, 
hammered all these question marks, and yet it's probably the defense that has even more uh, that to, to be found, or I should say to, to be discovered here in spring practice because you throw Dean Ingram in there as a starter, he essentially was a starter. He played a, t- a ton of snaps as, the, as that nickel back. You could say they have to replace nine of 12 starters. I mean, the only ones back, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, and Isaiah Mullins, everyone else, starter-wise, is gone. No Leo Chanel, no Jack Sanborn, no Noah Burks, no Scott Nelson. You know, go on down the line of guys that have played a ton of football here for these last few years. Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams, uh, Colin Wilder. It's just an insane number of guys. Matt Henningsen. And so the spring is going to be, I think we know of some guys are going to be potential fill-ins, right? Rodas Johnson in, in at, you know, at, at tackle or, or Thompson or, you know, at, at linebacker with Jordan Turner and potentially some other guys there, whether it's Tate Grass or somebody else stepping up. And in the secondary, you, I mean, you have names there. And when you bring in the number of guys you did in at, at corner, certainly those guys are going to play a role. But what, where is your biggest question mark when you look at the defense? Well, it's at linebacker to me, specifically inside linebacker. I think it's 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 funny. All we've done so far is talk about the offense, but the reason being uh, that's where most of the angst lies, certainly among the fan base after two disappointing seasons and and after losing so many playmakers and not knowing exactly what you have. I think the defense has sort of earned the benefit of the doubt over these years with, with Jim Leonard in charge and, and the fact they were number one in the country last season. And I'm not saying that they can just replace eight starters or nine out of 12, as you put it, and suddenly be the number one defense in the country. But they seem to have done a better job for the most part, doesn't happen every year, of reloading rather than rebuilding. But the inside linebacker spot is the biggest question mark to me because you're losing Jack Sanborn, Leo Chanel, and Mike Mascalunas, who, while he wasn't a starter, was a contributor and was the third linebacker for the last couple of seasons. Those three combined to play 90.4% of Wisconsin's inside linebacker snaps last season. So, yeah, there's talent there, but what does that look like on the field? I think Jordan Turner is in position to step into a starting role, and that's a guy who played 24 defensive snaps last season. Now, and I wrote about this a few weeks ago, he made the most of his snaps. I was going to say, Jesse, he averaged an interception every 12 plays. Yes, and a tackle every six every four plays. I mean, that's the thing. He was highly productive. He had six (laughs) tackles. He had two interceptions. Uh, I believe he played, what was it? Seven snaps in the bowl game and somehow managed to get four tackles. Um, So like, yes, I expect him to go and step into a starting role. But again, that's 24 defensive snaps. That's, that's not a whole lot to go on. You've got a whole bunch of guys who have opportunity. Tate Grass, who you mentioned, Muma Jong Mehta, I think Jake Ratzlaff has a really good opportunity if he can take advantage of this offseason without having to focus on hockey. But we know that position is so important to what Wisconsin does. The entire group that uh, is coming back has played a total of 149 defensive snaps. So, and you've got a new coach. That's that's the other thing. That's what I was just about to ask was how does Bill Sheridan approach this compared to Bob Bostad? Bob Bostad? played the hits, right? He played, (laughs) he played, he was the ultimate play the hits guy with Sanborn and Chanel playing as many snaps as they did. And I, it's really, really hard to criticize him for that. It made complete sense. Uh, But will Bill Sheridan be that same way or will he rotate guys through kind of like they had 
at different points before uh, Bob Bostad took over. Bob Bostad, he had his two guys, and maybe he'd have a three, have a third, you know, Mike Mascalunas, but he, those guys never actually got to play. It was uh, barely got to play, I should say. The only time, I mean, really, the only snaps that Mike Mascalunas played a ton last year was games that Sh- uh, Leo Chanel didn't play in. So, how does Bill Sheridan approach it? Right. Well, Bostad obviously had the luxury of going with. Uh, yes, I think any way you look at it, that was the best inside linebacker tandem in the country. Uh, certainly from a, a production standpoint and, and pro football focus has its player uh, ratings in terms of pass rush and uh, overall defensive grade. Like it's much easier to do that when you've got guys who are that good. I, Sheridan obviously doesn't have that luxury. And, and I think is in a situation where he's got to evaluate everyone and everyone's coming in on a completely even playing field just because Jordan Turner looked good in 24 snaps you know, I don't know how much that means coming into spring practice. So I think it's a, it's a situation where he evaluates more guys and also potentially during the season rotates more guys, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I think rotating is a, is a good thing unless you have a Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn and, and the way that they uh, just play off above and beyond pretty much anybody else. But we saw like, and I know it's a different position, but we saw along the defensive line, the way that Ross Kalaji rolled guys through, you know, you mm-hmm. get, you would get two series of the starters and then it'd be a start and then it'd be a series of the backups. And you know, that's not necessarily how you usually work it at inside linebacker. We did see that at outside linebacker too. So I, I just wonder if, if maybe you throw that, if you do that same, same thing at inside linebacker, maybe you, um, you have a, lot, a few more guys rolling through there. Jordan Turner though, I think is the next star there. I think he's the next, you know, big star, uh, on defense, along with a guy we'll talk about in a second uh, at safety, but I think Jordan Turner's the truth. I, I don't want to call him the truth, but I think he's going to be the next. I think he's the next great Wisconsin linebacker uh, inside. Yeah, linebacker. I think he certainly positioned her, himself for that role. And, and since we're talking about the inside linebackers, I mean, there's a couple that are going to be evaluated here this spring. Like Jake Cheney, he didn't play defensively last year, but he was a key special teams player, so I think he's going to get a shot to be in the two deep. Um, Jack's brother Brian. And then they've got the freshman coming in who won't be here till. Oh, no, he's an early enrollee, actually, Aiden Vaughn. Um, so that's another guy I'm really interested to see because his story is is fascinating. He, he didn't have any looks uh, until he was a senior, and then he, he totally blew up. Um, and so maybe he's got a shot. Like, that's how wide open it is at inside linebacker, although I agree with you that I think Turner is number one coming in. And I, I think we, maybe we're on the same page with this. Maybe not initially uh, right away this year, but I think Jake Retzloff also is a guy that, is going to be a uh, very, very good player for them. So, but I, I think inside, especially if he puts the weight on, could be, could be special. Could be special. Yeah. I, I talked to him in, in December uh, as well. And I, I do think this offseason is just going to be huge for him because he's talked before about how he spent his whole life playing hockey. And when December would get here, he had to focus on hockey and how they weight train. Everything they do is completely different from how they lift for football. His teammates have talked about, what playmaker he is, how long his arm arms are. So he's got a lot of length, athleticism, and just natural instinctiveness. And now it's a matter of understanding all the concepts that Wisconsin throws at you. That's something that all freshmen talk about. But I think him, him especially talked about there were times where he would start to understand something, and then Jim Leonard would throw something. He would add something onto a call. And you spend so much time thinking that you can't really react out there. And so I think with a full season under his belt now, he's going to have a chance to be in the two deep as well. And, and I do think he'll be a special player down the road for Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So that's the inside linebacker spot, the outside linebacker spot, Nick Herbig, there's going to be a lot more attention on him, right? So oh, like yeah. he's going to, he's going to have to overcome that. He's not going to be able to, he's going to be at the top of people's 
scouting report. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe last year he was he was near the top, but Leo Chanel and uh, Jack Sanborn probably a little bit more of a focus in Matt Henningsen. Just guys, you know, guys that you have to account for, and, and you have to account for Nick Herbig. There's no doubt about that. He has been he was fantastic last year. If he can get some help from some other guys, he's going to have another big year, so that people won't be able to sim- simply concentrate on him. And, and you know, a lot of double teams his way and sending it, you know, having to chip him and that type of stuff. But I think he's poised for a, a huge junior season. And uh, we saw him at Pro Day uh, talking with TJ Watt and uh, TJ Watt going through some some moves with him. And and I know TJ was one of the biggest reasons he came to Wisconsin. Yeah. And so I, I'm sure that was awesome for Nick to be able to learn from him in that spot. But so you have Nick and you know that's that's one answer there. But then there's like there are a lot of places questions on the other side and and who is going to step up and i think a lot of people or at least in my mind the next big thing there is probably daryl peterson but there are other guys whether it's cj Getz or spencer lytle or fill in the names that you want to throw in there right on the topic of nick herbig i think he's got the potential to go the leo chanel route and just completely dominate everyone as a junior be an all-american and go to the nfl like I think that's the trajectory he's on. And I know that is putting a lot on someone, but that's why he came here. It's exactly as you said. He watched guys like TJ Watt. He watched what Wisconsin was able to do with its outside linebackers and the pipeline that they created to go to the NFL. And that's why a kid from Hawaii is, is here at Wisconsin right now. And so this is his moment. But as you said, he needs help. He can't do it alone. Noah Burks is gone. I think coming into the spring, my, my top three in terms of guys who can fill that other spot C.J. Getz, Spencer Lytle, and Daryl Peterson. And it, it said a lot about where Daryl is at that uh, Bobby April used him as part of that three outside linebacker package in the bowl game. And I, I think the next step for Daryl, obviously, is making more of an impact. He, for, for all the snaps that he played, you know, I, I can't say you heard his name called very often in that game. But I think those, those are the top three. And if Aaron Witt is healthy, what he did at the end of 2020 and the length that he gives you at that position – it gives him an opportunity. So those are the guys that I'm looking at right out of the gates. I really do like Daryl. I think, you know, in talking to the guys that go up against him, his strength is difficult to deal with. He's not like a tall, tall guy. So he's got, he's got a little bit of leverage and he gave, I know in talking to Logan Brown and some of the other offensive linemen, he gives them all kinds of problems with that, with that strength and kind of the bull, the bull rush. But I think he's also plenty athletic enough to do, uh, other things that that need to be done at that spot. So I'm looking for, I, and again, these are all guys that we haven't seen a ton of, but I'm I'm expecting a big jump from from him. And uh, we mentioned a little bit on the uh, defensive line. You know, you got Keanu Benton. You know, you got Isaiah Mullins. Some other guys got to filter in there. Whether it's Rodas Johnson or James Thompson Jr. or Geo Piaz, perhaps being the backup to Keanu Benton. Uh, but Keanu Benton, another guy who had a very good season and now has obviously aspirations of being an NFL player, decided wasn't ready yet. And I think probably we would agree with that, but he's got a chance, especially as a leader on this defense. He's one of the faces of this defense to be, to be at a, at a play at a really high level and play a lot of snaps. I think he's going to play a ton of snaps, but you're going to need the other guys to step up. And especially um, when you're in your base, who's that other defensive end. Right. So I think it's, to me, it's obvious that it's either Rodas Johnson or James Thompson. And if one of them's not in, it'll be the other one. Um, you know, we, we're talking to Matt Henningsen at the pro day a couple of weeks ago. I was asking him about some of the young defensive linemen who had impressed him. And he said, obviously, those guys who 
our seniors and finish, they go and train. So they're gone for a couple months, but then they come back for pro day. And he said, he came back and all he's hearing about is that James Thompson is just like going crazy in the weight room, putting up ridiculous numbers. Now, much like a dunk contest, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be an all American. Um, but I think that, that he and Johnson are, are clearly the, the two guys who showed last season that they could be trusted, that they could make plays. You know, Johnson had that huge, uh, turnover against Notre Dame. It, it's sort of forgotten now because Notre Dame destroyed Wisconsin in the end, but it was a critical strip sack um, that put Wisconsin in position to score in the second half. And so I think those two are the ones, but after that, it's a big question mark too. It, it Cade McDonald, who wasn't healthy last season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, will he step into a role? Isaac Townsend, the Oregon transfer, is he ready? Ben Barton, who flipped over from the offensive line. And then you've also got Mike Jarvis. Um, can any of those guys emerge? And I don't know who will, but somebody has to. Someone does have to because Ross Kalaji wants to play. I think I mean, he wants to play six. He'll play five, but he, I think he wants to play six. He'd like to have two lines, right? Like two, two separate units that, could, that can flip and give the first guys some rest. And they had that last year with the top three. Then you had Bryson Williams, James Thompson Jr., and and uh, Rodas to come in and, and give those guys a break. So I, I think that's what he would like to play. Will he have enough guys to do that? That's another question here in the spring. Yeah, I think he will ultimately. And also, Gio Piaz is going to be Keanu's backup at nose guard. There's not a lot of nose guards on the roster. They're bringing one in with Curtis Neal, um, but he missed his senior season because he had an ACL injury, and he's an early enrollee as well. I think he's got a lot of potential, and maybe he's the next Keanu, um, but not there yet. All right, so the secondary. Yeah. Five guys gone. That uh, you're, you're The five guys that played the most <laughs> of anybody last year, gone. Four, obviously, exhausted their eligibility. One of them is on the offensive side of the ball now in Dean Ingram. But they go out and they bring in three corners from the transfer portal. They bring in Jay Shaw from UCLA, Cedric Dort from Kentucky, and Justin Clark from Toledo. And you have these guys. I, again, you mentioned it when we were talking about Dean Ingram going to offense, they don't do that unless they feel confident in what they have there, especially with th- bringing those three guys in, the experience that those three guys have. I don't think you do the other thing if, if you're not comfortable doing it. Now, that's not to say that those three guys are going to be it. I mean, I, I still think Alexander Smith and um, you know some other guys are going to be going to have roles, but the, the reason you brought those three guys in and, and moved Dean was because you feel comfortable. Right. And I think Hank Poteet did, obviously did a great job and using the transfer portal to his advantage and Wisconsin's advantage. Um, but this is sort of like a stopgap year because all three players are coming in as super seniors and come some cases, uh, super, super seniors. They all have one year of eligibility remaining, but they've also combined to appear in 132 career college games. And so I think you could plug in a couple of those guys as starters. I think Jay Shaw has the potential to be a lockdown guy back there. I believe he was a second team all pack 12 guy last year. So that's a really big pickup. I think Alexander Smith and, and Samar Melvin perhaps will still be in the mix as well, but you've largely got a lot of younger guys at cornerback. And so it's a good opportunity for them to learn from three veterans who have been through a lot. <laughs> Justin Clark from Toledo is going to be a seventh year senior. That's ridiculous. Um, so they've been around a long time and I think they'll be fine at cornerback. Yeah. Some of the other younger guys that I, that I like, I'm intrigued by Al Ashford. He uh, hurt his arm early in fall camp and was lost for the entire year. Almond Williams is a guy that just kept on showing up and uh, making plays during during fall camp. The walk-on from Milwaukee 
And then Max Lofi. I know he's a young guy, and same with Ricardo Holman, but I think I think they have some young, talented guys there. They just maybe they're just not ready to be thrown into it. They or they didn't feel comfortable enough to be able to throw them right in. And that's why they went out and got the guys they did. Right. That's kind of my assumption. And then they're all, they also have two freshman cornerbacks that are going to be, that are already on campus, uh, Avion Jones and a Corey Lyde. Now Lyde suffered a torn ACL last season. So don't expect to see him in the spring, um, but good chance to, to recover and rehab. And then Jones is someone that the, the defensive staff is staff is super high on both Poteet and Jim Leonard talked about his versatility and the fact that they brought him in thinking that he could play any position in the secondary. Now he's, he's a cornerback. Um, but I think that's someone who's got a lot of potential down the road but for this season. I think we're going to see a lot of those three seniors. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see who they end up putting in the slot. Yeah. Because I thought Dean Ingram was made for that position. Um, you know, a little bit quicker guy, still a guy that's willing to come up and hit, but a little bit quicker dealing with, you know, some smaller guys in the slot. I, I don't know who that's going to be. That's going to be a, that's an interesting question for me that that'll find out if they got an answer or not. And then at safety, you lose Colin Wilder and you lose Scott Nelson, but John Torchio played a ton of football and, you know, Travion Blaylock saw time, but then it's the other guy that I think is going to be the next star in this defense. And I've had people tell me that, and that is uh, Hunter Wohler who uh, played mostly on special teams last year, saw a little bit of time in the bowl game, but I think he ends up being, you know, the next big time player in the secondary. I, I don't think that's a stretch at all. And then that's your top three. And, and again, even though you lose two veteran guys who've started um, and, and seen a lot of college football, much like at cornerback, I think Wisconsin's going to be fine, uh, barring injuries, which then you've, I think, got a problem because there's not huge numbers at safety at this point, at least not guys on scholarship. So I don't know whether they'll transition somebody. They've done that before because you've got those three, then Preston Zachman and Austin Brown, who's coming in, won't be here till the fall or the summer. Um, but the top three, yeah, that's pretty good. And I think Wooler, you know, if he doesn't earn a starting spot this year, and I think he might, uh, we'll see. I think it'll be fascinating to watch him and Blaylock go at it. Uh, he's going to be a big part of it, and he's going to be a starter after this season. So he's a huge playmaker already in the snaps that he got, and he's only going to get better. So that 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 is the uh, the secondary. It's a, it's an interesting group, and I'll I'll say that. Just a lot of new faces, and we'll, and uh, anxious to see what those transfers look like and exactly how they want to use them. They, there's also, I guess, we do need to address the uh, special teams because they. Oh have, yeah, uh, let's get to the kicker, baby. They are going to have a new kicker. Colin Larsh uh, announced he was returning for his senior year, and then uh, decided he was not going to return for his senior year. Uh, make of that of what you will. I don't believe he was ever on. He certainly wasn't on scholarship last year, and it's possible that that was still going to be the case this year, and I could understand why he wanted to, to, to leave. That said, now they have a, a wide-open kicking job because he would have been the field goal kicker, you would assume, especially on kicks you know, 45 yards and in. Now it's Vito Calvaruso and who? I mean, I think this is Vito Calvaruso's uh, world right now. <laughs> um, you know, he came in. And he'd been the, the starting, uh, kick, the kickoff specialist for Arkansas the last two seasons. So, you know, they've got Jack Van Dyke, uh, but I think that's Vito's role. And he came in and I talked to him after he announced his transfer. I mean, he came in with an understanding that even though Colin Larsh had been a multi-year starter and at the time Colin had announced he was going to come back for another season, 
that he was going to get his shot to be the field goal kicker. Uh, he sounded pretty confident about it and obviously has to be much more confident now. He didn't get that chance at Arkansas and wasn't going to get that chance because Arkansas happened to bring in a guy who was a year younger than him was tremendous. We made the all freshman team last year. It was like one of the best uh, field goal kickers in the SEC. Um, and now Vito's going to have that chance. He, he certainly got the leg, the leg strength. We'll see what his accuracy looks like. But I think he's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he handles both roles. And I know that can be a lot for guys. Um, but they, he's the, he, to me, he's the number one option. And then Jack Van Dyke. Well, kicking has never been a problem for Wisconsin, right? It's never caused, <laughs> caused any issues. Special teams, no issues whatsoever there. Yes. Um, we don't get to see a ton of, but there's not a ton of special teams work in spring that we actually see uh, outside of really outside of the kicking competition. And that'll be certainly something that we'll be keeping an eye on. Question for you. Uh, yeah. Final question for you. First day. You walk into the stadium for, for practice. Who's the one player you're looking for? Um, Graham Mertz. It's the easy answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it just is. I mean, um, he, 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 all eyes are on Mertz. They just are. He's the guy. This is his team. And I want to know what kind of strides he's made. And it's, you know, let's be honest. It's hard to know based on spring practice where the, the quarterbacks can't be tackled. Um, and there's not a bunch of full contact, but he's who I'm looking at. And another thing we haven't mentioned also that I'm interested to see is, is what happens with the running back situation overall um, yeah. with, with who's going to be the coach. Um, and, and also just Chesma Lucy and Isaac Arendo are coming back from season ending leg injuries. I wouldn't expect to see them at this point. Um, and Braylon Allen, even though this will be his first spring, you certainly want him to leave the spring fully healthy. Um so I think there's going to be a lot of carry opportunities for some other guys like a Brady Shipper, a Julius Davis, or maybe Jackson Akers shows that that's the position for him. Um, but one player, it's got to be Graham. Definitely. And we are going to make sweeping generalizations based off of <laughs> non-contact practices in April, March and April. And then we're going to be holding on to those things until late July. So get ready for it. You can't wait yes. for it. When Graham goes four for four and seven on selling skeleton drills with three touchdowns, I think we'll both be ready to declare him a first team All-American. Uh, yeah, against the third string de defense. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait for it. All right, Jesse. Thank you very much. We'll uh, When we get to see a few practices, we'll be back and, and we'll uh, give you our, as I said, sweeping generalizations of everything that we've seen. And uh, we'll be doing episodes throughout spring. So certainly appreciate it. Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks, Zach. All right. There he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to the camp.